This shit hype is fucking It is coming through. No, I think it's just like a, I don't know why it's, it's this. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like who be who be touching shit? A little bit, cause like it just it just don't be sounding. Touch my goddamn thermostat. Kind of, it do kind of sound like feel like touching the thermostat. I feel like that fun got money, but you feel like. Yeah, I just feel like like they they, they don't f- need they don't need to sue me for this for just playing their shit like they. Think about the top songs that they've had and the magnitude of what those songs accomplished. That was half the reason why, like, I decided to listen to, like, to play this. Because I remember when I first, first, I think I found, like, this shit. Um, I think I, like, initially started, like, just listening to them, like, in high school. And then I remember seeing, like, the fucking, uh, that whole, whatever that album was, which is Actually, I think this album where, like, they did the whole thing and it was, like, an anime series and they were, like, aliens and shit or whatever the fuck. And um, I remember seeing that shit and I was like, these motherfuckers are, like, fucking amazing. And then I realized, like, you hear these songs everywhere. Like, I, you hear this shit on, on commercials. You hear this shit in shows. You hear this shit in movies. And I'm like, these niggas have such an amazing life. Cause That's where the bag is. Like, getting, getting your songs in big company commercials... And then you come back, and then you drop a just unnecessary fire album with arguably one of the greatest producers to ever produce. I wouldn't say it's argue. I don't. Who are you gonna argue is? I don't know, man. People always have personal preferences when they come to this shit. But like, honestly, I don't know who's fucking with Pharrell. Like, you know, people come to like when they get like you know popularity wise, when people talk about sounds, you know, you throw Timberland in the bag because Timberland just. Is a freak of nature. Um, I don't know. I Which remember. is great. But even greats say that Pharrell is like genius level when it comes yeah, to they, yeah, yeah, it's like he doesn't make sense when people talk about him. Like he's like, like, like it's like, oh, he freaked that sound. And then they'll talk about Pharrell. Like he just made a sound that you didn't know was the sound. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. Vers- versatility. Like, everybody is good at their sound, and everybody can be a mastermind with creating what they do. But him, yeah. he's one of one of very few where they'd be like, oh, no, he can, whatever he feel like creating, he can create it. And I, yeah, and you forget, like, or I, like I, I, for, I have forgotten a lot of just, like, which ones were his sound. Because I think sometimes he's good at, like, you know, sometimes you hear artists or hear even a producer and be like, that's that person's sound. Pharrell has done some shit, and you'd be like, that was him? Like, yeah, no, he made some shit that was specifically for this person or some shit he just right. pulled out his ass. Like, it wasn't, you can hear shit, and you might be like, that was, like, the Neptune sound or that was the Pharrell sound. Right. And then you hear some shit like, oh, yeah, Pharrell produced that. And you're like, that don't sound like, what the fuck you mean he produced that? But even, just, even then, that's kind of what I was going to say, like, he has different sounds for different time periods and different projects. Like, you're like, oh, this is a Neptune's beat. I know this is a Neptune's beat, which is not the same as a Pharrell beat, which is not the same as an N.E.R.D. type song, which is not the same as a pop Pharrell song. Like, if I want to do it, I can do it. And it all, if you really sit back and listen to a lot of his things, you're like, you know what? 
that does sound like a Pharrell beat when you really break it down. Shit's amazing. Just the ability to be be versatile while authentically being yourself at the same time. That is that is where the bag is. Those are the vibes. Those are the vibes. Welcome to Just a Dope Ass Podcast here on this wonderful sunny Saturday evening noon. Saturday. <laughs> yes. Welcome. Saturday Welcome. It is. I can't wait. I spent the whole day a lying around day being a lazy ass. Saturday night come, I'm going to go and be a hoe. Like, that's typically what Saturday songs end up being. That's lit. Like, that's Friday cool. Friday songs is like I spent the whole week dreading everything for this one moment to finally get off work and go enjoy myself. Saturday songs are like, I'm not doing shit. I'm not worth shit. I'm not about shit all day <laughs> until the evening comes. And I'm going to step out and I'm going to just be impeccably fabulous for the <laughs> remainder of the evening going on until Sunday. That makes me think, like, if Gary V was always the Monday guy from Jump or if he developed into that, because I could imagine him, like, if he was this level, get it! Monday, take on your like back, you know, in like the eighties and nineties. They was like, shut the fuck up, nigga. Like, like nobody was on these like positive kicks and shit. Like it was just like we all hate the week. That's how it goes, man. We all hate Mondays. We all dread that shit. And Fridays the shit. And he comes out like, hey guys, you know, wine and Mondays are great. Now, like, man, shut your ass up. Guys, I'm I'm gonna go on a I'm gonna go on a. I don't want to say a deep dive. I'm going to ledge. I'm going to ledge. I'm going to ledge here, and I'm going to say, football players created attacking Monday. Of course, I'm a little That's bit biased. I'm a little bit biased because I am a football player. But our games are specifically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Monday, whatever has happened over the weekend, Monday is your day to like. All right, we are preparing for the next team. Forget whatever happened this past week. Monday is the start of preparation for this next W or to get over this loss that we just had or whatever the case is. So you have to attack Monday. Everybody else is like, oh, fucking hate Monday. Football players is like, I don't have time to hate today. Today is like, I had to start preparing for this week's game yesterday. That's a good point. Thank you. That's actually, yeah, I guess. you you're, you're welcome, world. Yeah, football not, Americano, not not the, the yeah. football with the U. I don't. They practice and play. <laughs> on, not the football. Not the football. <laughs> Another wild thing. I I know, like here we know the difference. Like football, soccer, and football is American football. I didn't know until this year. I don't know why this randomly popped in my head again. But like this year, I was like, holy shit! Like they have collegiate college football. In Mexico, like we attribute football to being soccer. They have university team football there where people get scholarship to be American football players. Now, see, to me, that opens up a can because I've, I've thought about this. You know, I used to think about this solely from the perspective of, you know, when you think about you talk about like Hall of Famers and shit in any sport in America. And it's like I can only personally I'm like, I can only give you the big dick respect you know, maybe past 1940 or 50 or so, because, you know, when it was just such and such, it was the year of 1920, it was no black people out there. So how great were you? Right. Like you can give Peyton Manning, you know, you can give Peyton Manning his fucking flowers. He played, you know, Warren Sapp had to bust his ass and he had to make it. Right. You can give Tom Brady and everybody else they shit. So even to just kind of parallel that to like America be like, we're the greatest football teams in the world. And it'd be like, mm. 
Because there might be a motherfucker, you know, in uh, Barbados who just never has played but might be the most amazing wide receiver, but that's just not a sport that's popular in his country. It might be a motherfucking linebacker from Germany that'll bust your shit. Right. So And need like looking through it, they have they have a pipeline for like college to professional football there. And there's like they pack out stadiums, which was a surprise to me because I was like, I know, you know, quote unquote Mexican community. I know they like football in America. I know they support the teams here in America. Mm-hmm. But to see like watching multiple clips for years, like they've had championship games. Now, granted, it may be say eight teams or eight different colleges, maybe nine different colleges that have teams. And it may be the same three or four that are fluctuating at the top, but Mm -hmm. they pack out stadiums for football. Kids is getting scholarships to whole nine. That's fire. All Mexican, like it ain't like we going over there, like, you know, Jerome from Compton decide, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to this college. Like, nah, this is all Mexican community people. I'm dead serious. Like, if, you know, if that was to spread worldwide, I could imagine, like, you know, um, such and such from, you know, top recruit headed to Alabama as a motherfucking D-tackle. And I'm like, now, you good, and you've been playing your whole life. But I was like, if we could teach this motherfucker in Senegal who's knocking niggas' heads in the sand how to get in a three-point stance, it's some shit. It's some real shit in the it's city. It's a in this whole lot of people that may not be the top Senegalese wrestler, but if we put some pads on you and work on your footwork a little bit, you are Man, going to smack a fucking fire problem. out it's of people. It's a fucking problem. But, but the, being exposed to that is kind of like, I mean, at the end of the day, we all know like having the exposure to certain resources, certain mindsets, certain things definitely can expose you to different opportunities. There's tons of people that know about basketball all over the world. When it comes to football, it may be a little different. Now, granted, we have professional leagues all over the world in Germany, Australia, China. You know, a lot of the quote-unquote major companies or or countries, not companies, major countries have football or countries that have rugby teams. They typically have the same type of football we have. We just may not know about it. I know about it because, of course, within the football world, at some point, if you're not going to the NFL, you start looking overseas and all these other options. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have friends and former teammates that have made a career playing overseas or in Canada or things of that nature. So you start to figure out like, oh, I didn't even know this country. Like football is pretty big in Germany too. Australia has a decent league. China has a league too, which is a surprise to me. I didn't know that wow. at first until I was going through the process of like different countries contacting me to try to get me to come play for their country. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, all these different countries really, they have a serious staple. It's like, how many, granted, I mean, I no African teams or no leagues. There's, there's quite a few countries that have a football with a U mm-hmm. stadium, but they're not packing it out. They don't have the resources to even practice how they would need to or really have a sufficient team. Like, they, they got to treat it like a part-time job. Like, we're going to come and practice after work. Yeah. And we're the country's team which is kind of a sad situation. Some of them actually have a pipeline from, like, the country team to, I mean, uh, like, your local team to a country team. Mm-hmm. But it's it's crazy how, like, so many different countries have the ability to do the same shit that we do. They just don't have the resources to really participate in it like us. And if we just take that bitch, like, like I said, you go to Senegal yeah. with some pads and helmets and say, hey, I got some things for y'all that's going to help change this community a bit. It's wild shit, man. Just barehanded, I, old school. I, I guarantee it'd be some dudes out there, old school, 
ain't got no gloves. I just tape my fingers. I just put the uniform on with some regular ass cleats, and I'm just. <clears throat> it's a trip how America just like, like, I don't know if it's you know you call it you know manipulate the narrative or if it's super good, but just a trip how things that nobody else gives a fuck about we've flipped to make popular like you know shit like nobody cares about football i mean like they care about it now like hilly we've discussed but in general we're like football capital of the world and not paying attention to soccer which is like the biggest shit worldwide we right. do shit like not using the metric system which is the shit worldwide and i just be sitting there like america's really wild nigga like we just not gonna do it we're gonna do this because we're the country founded on a bunch of misfits that didn't want to follow instructions. We don't want to do what the fuck y'all talking about. So we're going to go start our own shit. And then you go somewhere else and fuck up their shit, too. We're the leather jacket wearing idiots of the world. Basically. <laughs> Basically. Basically. We are the fucking. What's, what's cool. that shit called? Um, damn. I'm going to be mad that this word is not. I was going to say misfits, but it's not misfits. Oh, I'm gonna be mad. Like hooligans. Ah, we're the fucking hooligans of the world. Like we just completely rebellious. We want to do what the fuck we want to do. Granted, that's not all of us. I'm talking about the creators of this. Yeah, it's like business the, here. It's like the, the overall like it's the PR of America. Like, you guys are dicks. Like I promise you, man. Like we're not. But all yeah, it is a narrative because even like when you think of being different and football is the focus here, football and basketball are the focus. America's team is the Cowboys. They t- yeah. they say that America's team is the Cowboys. Ain't one shit in forever. <laughs> but because it's big white Texas, this is the it's team like, that we're all going to pay attention wait. to. They're dedicated. Like every year, it's like this is gonna be our year. I mean, that's every every team. Because I mean, here in LA, we've always had the Raiders. We don't have them anymore. They're in Vegas now, betting on themselves to lose, whatever the case may be. <laughs> but you go into like blue collar cities, like say Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Teams haven't done much in a while. Like, granted, the Steelers are they're, they're, they're up and down. They at least have decent seasons. Mm-hmm. The Browns are just now starting to kind of be decent again. Wow. It's been a while. But these are blue-collar, predominantly brown-skinned folk areas, and they ride or die for their team. But the team is even built on the blue-collar, I come with my lunch pail, stereotypically, I just want to grit it out and fight and try to get a W. You know what I think it shifted in the NFL? This is a really fucked up things. I thought about this because they were, you know, there's clearly mad fucking, um, you know, advertisement for the fucking Super Bowl. Was it like tomorrow? And uh, oh shit, yeah, yes, yeah, I think it's yeah, tomorrow. And and they were doing this thing where they're like, you know, NFL films is talking about like Al Davis and the Raiders when they were like the shit. Coincidentally, as you said that, and I thought to myself, I was like, you know what really kills teams. This is what used to, I think, make teams the best because they don't have that nigga going like the autumn wind. Like if that nigga <laughs> talks prior to you doing anything, you go fuck it up. And it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, if he's like, it was a cold <laughs> January <laughs> in 2021. You'd be like, oh, we got the nigga. Take it. What? Everybody, it would be like, I don't know. I feel like if he speaks about every game, somehow everybody's going, it's a mass Royal Rumble Super Bowl. Cause I don't think you can lose if that nigga's discussing what you're doing. That's used to be great. Like, I grew up watching those videos. You know, I remember in high school, I remember getting up to go to practice, to go to practice like in the mornings, and my ritual would be to cut on the NFL network because that's when they were doing the old school NFL films replay. And it would be, it would be a bad day. 
Cause they would, they you know, they would kind of, they would always like kind of replay the same shit. But it was a bad day when it was that nigga, and then they would be replaying like clips of him, like quoting Lyle Alzado and fucking Jack Tatum and shit. At the, I was like, oh, somebody got to die today, <laughs> you know? Like he'd be like, and, you know, Jack Tatum, one of the most lethal. Play-. And then they would cut to an interview. And he's like, you know, I apologize for what happened to him, but I played the game the way I played the game. And I'm like, oh, this is oh, it's who dying. Let's smack everything. And nobody pretty, nothing. You got ugly jerseys. Ugly jerseys, long ass pads on forearms, and people are just knocking each other's teeth out. Disgusting. $400 a game, damn near. Yeah, it was. Different different times. That was a dirty group of people. Like, And everybody was a dirty group of people. It'd be like, you know, it was not to say that, like, you know, any it's football. Everybody's a fucking badass. But you would hear shit like, you know, like, I don't know. The Raiders always have the mystique of being, like, just fucking murderers. But it would be like, you know, you hear some shit like now. It'd be like, now it's like, oh, the Chargers are cool. They're getting back to whatever. But the Chargers of, like, 63, like, it was, you know, it was Long John fucking monster, monster killer James. And he was a killer. He was a fucking certified mean machine on the Chargers. And you'd be just like, what? And they hated, a lot of them hated each other in real life. I, like. I get on the field, and it's not just like a tackle. Like, I'm slinging you by your neck. I hate you, I'm bro. slamming like, you into the I ground. Really, like, I see why that generation has, you know, some CTE issues since, oh, yeah. you know, we are a mental health-focused nah, podcast yeah, show. Was... I can see why. I think this generation, as they age, will be a whole lot better, even though their behaviors are a little bit more extreme sooner. But in comparison to the olden, the olden days. Nigga said, it's the Super Bowl. Take this finger. Like we're Take it off. I don't yeah. need it. For, don't, I don't need it for the rest of my life. You don't think that we like? I think we got it. Take it off so I can get back out there. Do you? You don't want us to just like put a splint on? No. Take cut it off. it off. Yeah, take it off. As the sooner you can cut the rest of this finger off, the sooner I can get back to the game. Oh, that's what I feel like. It's sometimes okay. like it probably was probably just not even that they might have been like. Not good coaches, but you know, you people like Mike Singletary being a coach and you being like some, you know, some like regular, you know, you're a good athlete, but you're like, you're already at, you know, when we're coming up, you have, you know, in our age bracket, niggas, motherfuckers who were coming in, it's like, I'm good at football, I can make a good living, you know, I can maneuver this businesses. You're coming into the league and Mike Singletary's like, get out there and die and then get up. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, this is my career. And he's like, bitch, niggas was really like, I knew a nigga that popped his shoulder in and then, you know, the bone was out. We just taped that bitch up. And they're like, nigga, I got a family. Fuck you. What? What the fuck y'all talking about? Football y'all is family, goddamn. Y'all in here talking about families, motherfucking? It's like. You talking about livelihoods? Yeah, and I just feel like, you know, they probably, like, not to even take away his football mentality, but I just feel like niggas like Mike Secretary and back. You just couldn't be a coach because it's just like the requirements are different. Niggas is like, I want to play this game for as long as I can play. Then I want to go start, you know, a couple ice cream chains. And Mike Singletary is like, nigga, I want you to die on this. We're going to war. And they're like, Mike, you got a you got a teddy bear on your like we're the I like, guess bears. Like, you know, it's raw. You see that mascot? That nigga's roaring in the crowd. Fuck you, we die out here. You can't coach. <laughs> you got to go kiss your you, you can be the motivator before the game. Yeah, like, You can do the speech after the game. But to, to create the full mindset of how we're going to approach this thing, not to say by any means, because football, you definitely can't be soft. Like, you have to have somewhat of a killer instinct. You have to be aggressive. It just comes with it in, in any sport, honestly. Not all sports are contact sports, even though, like, they say basketball and stuff is a contact sport. 
It's mildly debatable, but okay. But every sport you have. Oh, to these elbows! You six, and then it just—I'm sorry, I didn't even cut you off. But it just because when you when you watching TV, you just sometimes don't register. This nigga is six eight, and there's no such thing as a small six eight. It might look skinny in comparison and get television, but when you register like. This big motherfucker slid across this ground, and now you gotta have his five three little boy run out here top speed to try to clean, <laughs> clean up, up the floor. S- yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. clean up seven feet of space in three <laughs> seconds because you an elbow, bitch. What? A lot of it is flopping. Now, granted, we got flopping in the NFL now. Just it's a it's a it's a chess move. Sometimes you have to do it strategically to be able to you know get that extra ten yards or get that you know couple free throws whatever the fuck you doing it for i get it it's a it's a chess play it's a mental mindset situation but but still but still like they get poked in the eye and it's like oh i gotta go to the locker room not to disrespect basketball players because i've been poked in the eye but that's what gives me like i've been poked in the eye in mma and kept fighting mid-round you just can't see and you got to try to blink that shit through or she's going to get knocked the fuck out. So you have to. I ain't no timeout because I got poked in the eye. I have to keep doing this. Football, people have. That's why I start wearing a visor. Fingers come through face masks because especially on the line, you're going to have some dirty ass old lineman whose hands is going to be all up in your shit. And this nigga's just the grimiest. And I can't say shit because I was starting off an old lineman. So I, I have part of that in my soul. No, I, I respect. I enjoy it. I enjoyed yeah, being a dirty motherfucker, but I know nigga. once I got to the defense, I was like, I know these dirty motherfuckers. What you going to do? Like, I'm wearing a visor. Why? Because I got poked in the eye repeatedly. I got scratches on my I have a helmet on and a face mask. Why am I getting scratched on my face? Why is my jersey torn? Why? Cap- Captain fucking Insano. <laughs> 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 like if you've never played that that's contact if you've never played football that's contact sport and even like say rugby they look at us like we pussies cause man we, y'all wear pads bitches and they don't, and it's not even like it's not even like oh you know you would think that you know because people you know you see niggas playing just in general like maybe park shit and you could tell when people like kind of adjust how to make a tackle because you don't have pads and you realize Nah, man, rugby niggas like I will literally shatter my motherfucking clavicle to knock this nigga the fuck out. Right, like them motherfuckers is different. They are they are definitely built like wrestlers, like short, stocky, and powerful, monstrous quad I, muscles. Just honestly, I feel like because I feel like you know in America in, the, in American football, like the the also sidebar like take take this motherfucking good news sports like (laughs) fuck you guys um look at us bitch um (laughs) dive into sports yeah but if i'm like like you know here in you know where they say like the um which actually i know it's like i really enjoyed that position but like the world the way of the fullback is dying in rugby, it's like an ocean of fullbacks just crashing into shit. If I had like, if I, you know, I like I had a player or I'm a coach and I had a player, if I had like a son and just like, motherfuckers fullback, and that's just, I'm immediately, as soon as we like get through about college ending, I'm like, you still want to play? Well, yeah, I'm like, bitch, we're going, we're finding rugby everything, like. I mean, you can also have that transition because it's, it's been quite a few like running backs and fullbacks that have come from rugby, ain't never touched pads before in their life. And the NFL be like, hey, yo, come over here and get this, this million dollars for a little bit. We, we use you for a couple years, see what you can do. So either way, it's like a direct pipeline between the two. 
So it's doable. Either way, with that being said, for anybody out there listening that plans on like maybe you want to procreate with one of us, our kids are going to do violent shit because it's a teaching skill and it helps you mentally, physically, and emotionally to play on a team level and to do violent games and sports. Yeah, I, I think about that because like I want, like I know in my heart, I'm like, fucking be violent, motherfucker. Like I want to see, I want like I'm, I just, like, you know, I know everybody's nowadays and I know this is like a mental health space and everybody's like kumbaya, high five, you get a fucking 10th place award. But I know I got it in me like, fuck you and fuck your dirty ass son. He rocked his fucking jaw and I'll beat the fuck out you. Like, I'm, I, I know I got that level of father in me. Like, I will literally beat the fuck out of this field. And yes, my son knocked your fucking son the fuck out. And then he did the little... He did the little teabag fucking dance that you do from Call of Duty. And then he, yeah, like, I, that's mine, bitch. Like, I, like, yeah. Where you think he learned it from? Yeah, <laughs> like, can't wait for my, like, whatever my daughter, like, oh, she crossed your shit? Like, fuck you, bitch. And then, but in my mind, I'm like, you know, if you wanted to play 40 years, I just got to figure out how do I transition, like, that level of, because it'd be like, yeah, that's right, nigga, we on second base. And I want him to continue that because he could play for 40 years, but he's just not going to give me like the, I ain't knocking nobody out in baseball, but I'm going to support you. Or like, like, yo, I want you to like, you can play soccer because I just know your career has potential to last longer. But like in my mind, I have like fucking blow it up. Like I'll be, I would still be the dad. I feel like I would still be the dad. My son's a professional gamer. And he like got like a fucking he went thirty and zero on Call of Duty, and we're at a fucking competition. And I'm yelling like this nigga scored a touchdown, and I'm proud because he won't get CTE. But part of me is like, I need to get this aggressive father shit the fuck out somewhere. I give fuck if my kid was playing chess. Like, yeah, he kings you, bitch. That's right. That's right. I feel like that would. Be you got to watch from the dad box. Yeah, they would have They're to give that, me create the- a special dad box yeah. for you to yell and kick and scream mm-hmm. and celebrate and all this stuff. Yeah, I would be like. That's what I, because I think about, like, in my mind, I'm like, in my, I, I would love to do, like, the football thing. But also, I just sometimes look how football players are managed, and you see somebody who's amazing in college, and they might get mishandled for whatever variety of reasons, just injuries, or, you know, you get, I'm sitting there like, man, he put his body on the line, and this nigga, you know, as a basketball player, like, you know, bent his toe wrong for, like, six months, and Andrew Bynum, bit like, Andrew Bynum, you know, was like I'm kind of just gonna sit here and be hurt, and arguably made more money in that time frame than a superstar football player in that time frame. And I'm like, in my mind, I struggled. Like, if I came with like a super athletic kid, would I really put a football in their hands? In my mind, I'd be like, I would love to see you knock the fuck out of somebody, but if I give you this glove and this bat, motherfucker, you could play till you're 50 and make yeah. fucking top, and not even just play till you're 50. Make triple double what the fuck you would make as a superstar football player, and you get it's like, and I'm just like, shit, it's, you know, logistically, nigga, it's a no brainer. And unless you're in the baseball crowd, I might get lucky enough to, you know, not have you be like a fucking just pariah because it's just like motherfuckers love watching football, they love watching basketball, so it's like, and you might not be as famous. You're gonna be famous because you know, in this fantasy of you being a pro player, but it's like. It's baseball, so you you could probably still fly under the radar and just live a semi-normal life. I'm like, I couldn't pass that up for my kid. I'd be like, nah, man, I need you to just play ball. And I, I think I'd I'd give my kids the opportunity to play and enjoy every sport, just from oh, yeah, a developmental aspect, and just kind of weigh out all the options with them and see where they fit. Now, granted, 
that's on a more serious note, that's kind of where the mental health aspect comes into play. Cause it's like, I have to help you understand how you're receiving all this information and how it applies to whatever you're going to do later on down the line. Cause you're not exactly in the right mental space to make the best decisions. Yeah. And I'll use myself cause when I was younger, I was not trying to play tackle football. Like, I just, I wasn't trying to do it. And my dad was, you know, all-city football player, rings and all this other stuff, and went to JUCO because they had me early and all that other stuff. So football was definitely like, you you want to play football this year? Like, <laughs> every time I would visit in Berkeley, especially because my cousin played, you know, Pop Warner for the Berkeley Cougars, he would take my, go watch my cousin at practice. My dad coached football for high school and Pop Warner out there. So he would always be like, you, you trying to get out there? And I'd be like, no, I play basketball. I'm cool. Mind you, I'm the chunky kid. So <laughs> me being the, the big chunky kid, I thought I was going to be super tall. I, I turned out to be only 6'4". So me being 6'4 and stockier than everybody else, that's not exactly basketball size. I'm little in basketball by comparison. Because they're giants. They are giants. Like I've, I've met Baron Davis when I was like, I'm – in high school, six four, and I met Baron Davis, and I was like, "He's a little dude on the court. He's the same size as me, just like, like same height. Like I'm stockier than him, but he's the little guy on the court, and I'm the same. I'm not going to play basketball. Let's just football. It is, but I say that to say I was actually better at baseball. I got a scholarship and got to do pro football and all that other stuff, but baseball, I was way better at than any other sport. I said, "Fuck baseball." Me and my mom talk about that a lot, and like, and my uncle, because my uncle played, you know, when he was in high school and stuff like that, and he was like into music and stuff, so his life's fine. But just the conversation of how we got away, it seems like culturally, away from baseball, which, you know, and I think about that too, like, you know, to if my kid was to choose baseball, like, even that to me sometimes is like a thought about like some of these clear like racial issues that come with the sports you play. Cause right. if you like, you know, just, just taking it all the way up to pro league to, to the like, you know, professional level, clearly it would seem like basketball. You have more free, you know, free space to be outspoken. You can be a fucking LeBron. You can be a, um, a CP three and wear like the black stuff. And you could be a fucking, you know, Kyrie who's like, I scored, I saw a meme today. It was like, Kyrie get up there and score 40 points. You look in his face and look like he's, in the middle of trying to figure out how to rearrange society for the betterment of people. And it'd be like, you know, no disrespect, but it looks like football is like clearly pulling teeth. And even then the things that happen seem performative. But now when I think about the benefit, like we just said, all these great financial benefits of playing baseball, but it's like shit in baseball, nigga, like I don't really know like what the fuck that culture is like. Cause they, you know, baseball still culturally, not ours like it's you know if you white or if you a person you know if you person of color you could be as i could say all day like you black you got dropped off early them niggas will put every kind of whatever everybody on the diaspora yeah i'm everything else just to kind of you know not to take away from culture but they'd be like i'm not black you know like you got a lot of you know it's, I'm, it's a I'm lot Dominican. of Dominican. i'm cuban yeah, it's, I'm Puerto it's a lot Rican. of sammy I'm, sosa shit out there sir you are so, the same complexion as me you i would think about off. damn what the fuck would i really like or would you have to endure being a baseball player and being even remotely into like the uh like I would wonder like you know what it's like 
um, what's the dude for the Dodgers? Like Mookie, like Mookie Betts. Yeah, what his experience like? Cause he seems to be like I'm into like us, like the black shit, like. So it's like you know, I'm like, I wonder what it's like to be you, cause. I don't know baseball, so I'm speaking from a completely ignorant space, but it doesn't seem like in baseball that there's just this culture of, like, it's big culture in basketball, sort of. It's, I'm going to say it as long as I don't get in trouble in football. And baseball, it might be like, we're going to wear these goddamn Jackie Robinson jerseys. Y'all can shut the fuck up. I, so here's my, my perspective. I think who's in control plays a large role of it. Now, because of, and I'll give shout out to shout out to the bros, Jordan. If it wasn't for Jordan making as much money with shoe deals and endorsements and things like that, I think he helped and the, the Showtime Lakers helped propel black basketball athletes into this realm of where we can be cultural figures within the world. And we're looked at for more than just being athletes. Like I have weight that sometimes is bigger than the league. So you may be the owner, but what I say goes mm. to a degree, at least for while I'm here. And because you can have a pretty lengthy career <laughs> in basketball, that's a lot of wiggle room that you can kind of play with. Big on leveraging your platform. Your Most definitely. Football, I say football, based on what I noticed in my time, it's more of like the stereotypical black, blue collar mentality. These motherfuckers going to use me, so I'm going to use them to get this paycheck for as long as I can. And then once my time is up, I'm out. So you're willing to subject yourself to more bullshit simply because I ain't going to be here that long. I do think I think on the flip side of that, too, because I was I, I saw a clip from the um, I Am Athlete podcast. I think niggas doing a great job just flat out. Them motherfuckers Definitely. Having, them motherfuckers having conversations. But one of the conversations they were having is. And I don't remember what episode or what clip this was, but discussing the business of football and how it is like I need to get this bread. I need to, you know, pull from them, you know, what I can and get in and get out because, you know, you do know you you know you're on borrowed time. Right. As motherfuckers still to this day, like having conversations don't necessarily like I, you'll still get eyebrow raises when you talk to somebody about what the what the actual you know, don't look at the super duper stars, the time frame of what somebody really does in the league. I'm like, bro, it's still like three to what's it, three to five? Unless it depends on position. Yeah. It depends on position. As far as the stars are concerned, hey, what's going on? Um like Tom Brady's a freak of freaks. Quarterbacks tend to have pretty lengthy careers, with the exception of mobile quarterbacks and mm. quarterbacks that have absolutely shitty offensive lines. Yeah. If you got a shitty offensive line for the few years that you're there, your body's going to get beat up. If you're a mobile quarterback, your body's going to get beat up. But if you're the stereotypical white pocket passer and you got a decent line, your career is going to be relatively lengthy. Yeah. Running backs, wide receivers, it's a different situation. <clears throat> Old linemen can have pretty lengthy careers. As long as you just keep yourself in shape and you ain't getting beat up too much, you're okay. Defensive linemen, it kind of depends on the need. Um safeties and cornerbacks also kind of depends on the need and then how your ACLs hold up that part but for the most part it, it's it's a three to five range especially because you got so many people coming in every year like every recruiting class we have hundreds upon hundreds of people coming in here Man. you can be replaced at any given time but <clears throat> that kind of feeds that's, more to the mindset that's what I was going to it's, yeah it's this it's I guess two sides to how and even how like that since you know sprinkling some mental health on there 
how that plays into the like psyche of an athlete because it's or especially a football player because it's like one you know business 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 get in you know get out so you do kind of walk around feeling you know expendable and on the flip side from fucking pop warner high school college and even still into the pros they try to give this narrative of because that's how they kind of try to do like the cap thing like you're making all this money like you're betraying like your family right and football is a family football is a team and you get in there and they sell you on this. And, you know, motherfuckers try to buy into the gym. I'm trying to do everything I can to support this team to because they gave me an opportunity. Please, master, please. You know, and it feels like right. I want to help out my family and, like, do good for them. And I imagine shit motherfuckers don't talk about, like, the, the flip side of you sell me and buy me into this family shit, which is really kind of manipulative. It is. Only to say, all right, man. Your stats wasn't really hot, and there's this new motherfucker coming out that we could probably flip the script on. You need to get the fuck on. And you just kind of be bouncing around teams. Like, you, you've you gone your entire career up until this point built on the closeness with these individuals. I've played with this nigga in high school all four years because we're a family. I understand the transition to college, but I've played with these individuals, develops a brother because we're a family. I get to this job now, and y'all selling me on family, but you dump me in a Shit, if I'm lucky a year, a season, say the couple of seasons, <clears throat> if I have a bad season, some of you motherfuckers, you didn't, duck, you didn't dump me mid-season. Right. And motherfuckers got to deal with, well, fuck, man, I was, what the fuck is this shit? This is not a family. This is, I would imagine that that's like severely like. It, it can be demoralizing for sure. And it definitely can put some people in a mental health space that's not only going to affect their play, but it's going to affect the trajectory of how they finish their career and, and, and make it after that and that's not even just on a pro level that's that's collegiate as well Mm because again every year you got multiple recruits coming in something happens to you like you can be a close-knit family as far as players are concerned or positions are concerned like we're cool because you know we the dbs or Mm -hmm. you know we whatever so you're close-knit with that but say you get hurt you don't have the ability to interact with everybody the same and have the same level of camaraderie with them. So now you're kind of put to the back burner, not because they don't love you anymore, but we can't practice with you. We can't like we're focused on this and you're over there focusing on getting better. There's only so much we can do as far as participating with you, which can make somebody feel left out. Now that's on the coach, whatever position coach or head coach is on the coach to create that unity to create, um, kind of just like that that interaction that people need to feel like it's a family like i went through that when i got to when i got a scholarship and went to a four-year like i'm coming from say here in el camino we were the factory we're winning all the games i think we went 22 and 2 in two years Mm -hmm. won the state championship got a ring and all that but we made sure that every friday we had potlucks not just for the team like our family members and everybody anybody that wants to come and participate in the friday potluck can come that's a big family, not just for us as players, but our actual bloodlines can come together and fellowship and support one another. People are sitting with each other and people are inviting other people to come and eat. And then I go from that to being in Ohio where it's like, I know some of these country motherfuckers. Just racist <laughs> shit. But like, I remember my position coach at the time I kind of shrugged it off, but I remember my position coach being like, yeah, I like my D lineman. Like I like my coffee. And I was like, uh, Okay, that lets me know who I'm dealing with. And that was going into my senior year, whereas, mind you, I came in, I'm fired up. Like, I think the first 
the first game I really, really got to play was against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get to play much against Iowa State, which is the first game. I played against Kentucky. We were going against a Heisman run runner, or like he's up for the Heisman that year. I forget the news name, like Andre something. And that was like my first sack on national television and all this other stuff. And I'm fired up because it's like, yeah, we're the the lower mid-level D1 team, but we're going up against this really good D1 team, and we can serve them up. And then we started losing, and I could see the shift in everybody's faces. And I'm still fired up, and everybody else is like, whatever. And that let me know, like, oh, this is a cultural shift. And then I looked to the coaches, and it's like, what are the coaches doing to facilitate that? And they didn't do anything else. Coach from El Camino, shout out to Coach Feather, now has Alzheimer's, so definitely love him because his memory is gone. But mm-hmm. sideline all game long, I don't care who you are. You could be the third string. Hey, 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 get up. Get that long. Like, he's going to make sure he encourages everybody, all the other coaches, make sure they encourage everybody. Like, it was a family net situation which affects your mental health on and off the field. It makes you want to invest yourself more into this situation. And he would always tell us, this is the last time you play for fun. And sure enough, I got to a four-year, like, some of my players, my teammates, we were close-knit. But as far as the culture of the team, our coaches were not sitting that tone. Yeah, see, this, and that is, like, a danger, I guess, of just thinking how many coaches out here. Because you, you know, it is a job. It is to be taken seriously. It is to get wins. But there has to be some form of this game is, you know, how motherfuckers talk about it. You have, we have now the opportunity where somebody is flat out literally, like, you know, not to say they don't love their job, but... You don't have to deliver for FedEx. You don't have to right. do whatever these insert jobs that we, you know, necessarily look down upon as being hard work jobs. You, at the end of the day, you're playing a game. But I'm fucking, I'm coaching a game for a fucking living, making anywhere from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars, depending on my program. The least I can do is facilitate a, a fucking a, 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 <clears throat> an environment of, I don't know. And this might be me trying to take, you know, save the worldness, but it's like. Come on, you 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 can at least try to build men, right? You know what I'm saying. Build good environments for them to grow and be better people, as opposed to I need this motherfucker to win games, right? Like I need y'all to win games because I'm like I mean at, at on the flip side, I guess it can if you're some type of perceptive fucking 19 year old, which exists, but you know like you're preparing now for that. If I'm good enough to make it to the next level. I might have to throw out all this motherfucking whole hum lock arm shit and I got a job to do. You right. got a job to do. We show up, we clock in, we clock the fuck out, which you know, you're still playing football, so it's I, not, I think, not terrible, but yeah. I, I mean, you can throw the age factor in there when it comes to sports, but I think people in general, whether we're talking about sports or, or in regular life, like people can tell when you are genuinely for their betterment mm-hmm. and you have their best interests at heart and when you're not. Like I could tell we maybe had two or three coaches that we know they were for building character people and they were going to hold us accountable and we can come and talk to them when we needed them. But on the grand scale, as far as our coaches were concerned, it was like, nah, y'all here to try to build a better reputation to get to a bigger university and a better check. This is a stop for you. And we can tell that that's what that is. Like, mind you, my perspective was I'm coming from JUCO where like this dude has been, he coached my dad and up to me and has been winning championships for forever, making way less money than y'all, but is winning way more games, but has a different mindset where I'm here to build men. I don't care if you get a D1 scholarship or an NAIA 
offer. I'm going to make sure you leave here as the best possible person that you can be. And I support you and I'll never forget what you're doing. And whatever it is that you go on from here, I want you to come back. I want you to talk to the players. You're always a part of this family Mm -hmm. to going to another situation where it's like, oh, y'all just hired your homeboys because it's like, all right, we're coming from a smaller school to another small school. This is a transition onto a bigger school. Mm but y'all not really invested on building character people. Like the head coach has to tell position coaches to make sure you invite people over to dinner that you're coaching. Like your coach shouldn't have to tell you to do that, to build a better culture for the team. Like we, we can tell, I think for now, granted I'm a little bit biased at the time I'm studying psychology mm-hmm. for undergrad. So I'm picking up on all of this shit, which is affecting me. Cause it's like, damn, I'm 2000 miles away from home. Mental health shot. I keep earning stop position, start starting position. Y'all keep taking it away. Keep earning it. Keep taking it away. Because as you said, there's this new kid that comes in. I'm a run stopper. I can shut shit down from these realms, but I'm not going to get you 10, 15 sacks or, you know, four sacks in a game. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure they don't get past this line, though. But you get somebody else that's, I'm going to blow 10 positions, but I'm also going to get, I'm going to blow 10 assignments, but I'm going to get you four sacks. Oh, let's put him in there. Oh, yeah, that's the big money so shit. That's, that's the, the big that's money That's the thing. touchdown. That's the thing. Defense. Exactly. Yeah. It makes us look better. So that's eating away. The culture is eating away at the situation, and I think that's what continues to breed the mindset of, man, I'm going to just do what the fuck I got to do and get on a body here because I got that my senior year, which affected me. I went from being a verbal leader, team captain, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 to being the guy that was just quiet. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm, when I do get in, I'm going to go get my plays and handle my business for me because I already know this asshole coach over here, blah, blah, blah. Like I started to manifest all these things for myself because I had a negative perspective that was instilled in me by the culture that I was surrounded by which is led by the people that are supposed to be in charge. I think that's extremely common in football, especially because there's so many people on a team. Basketball is not that many people on a team. Soccer is not that many people on a team. Football, you got 111 plus people on a team, not to mention another 15, 20 coaches. You may not get the nurturing that you need when you're going through a certain mental health struggle. And you may not, especially as a kid, you may not even know how to communicate it. Absolutely. How do I go to my coach and tell them, like, yo, coach, I'm struggling with this? Or if I'm comfortable doing that, I may not even know that this is the right coach to do it. Like I, like those three coaches I mentioned, we all knew we can all go to these coaches. All of us can go to these coaches and talk to them. But can we do that with every coach? Hell no. Nah. That's part of the issue. They take it out on the field. Right. Whatever frustrations you got taken out on the field. But motherfucker, if I ain't getting in the game, how can I do that? That's part of my frustration. Or even being able to nurture a quality person and say, hey, you're better utilized in this position. What do you feel? How can we help you better yourself? Like having those conversations were important. I think that's kind of what pushed me into mental health was me understanding how pivotal it is in sports in general, but especially in football, especially because it's a predominantly black uh, dominated sport. Mm -hmm. Young black men not getting the space that they need to be able to talk about their mental health. And then next thing you know, I have all this pressure put on me with the carrot of dangling some money and stability with my face. But I have to maneuver through this mental health and physical, you know, performance situation to even attain that. I wonder how much positive or negative mental health shit comes from, like, being under Belichick. Because it would seem like, you know, he doesn't seem like the most talkative or whatever, dude. But as far as, like, 
having what am I trying to say? Having confidence and not having those anxieties with how you play. Right. Because Belichick could take a nigga that works at a gas station and turn him into a top tier wide receiver, it seems like. I'm very good at pinpointing you're good at these shortened ends. And we're gonna shorten in the fuck out these motherfuckers. Right. And then I realized the other day that this nigga can do a shorten out. So I'm just gonna place you niggas in ways where it looks like you're doing a shorten out, but I just really got you close to the silent over here. You still doing a shorten in. Cause all you can do is turn left. So now I'm making you feel like a superstar. I think like, you know, I know that probably has issues or has seems like they've had issues in the past with niggas who came from but also coming from the culture of I'm a super mega star on this team because I handle my shit the way I handle it. And it might not add up to the Belichick way. So I don't know. Sometimes it seems like it's painted as a negative because, you know, you got superstars that come in and can't handle it. But it's like, shit, man, Belichick might have broke the matrix by making that, you know, like you say, like, I understand your skill set and I'm going to blow this fucking skill set up because I know how to maneuver it and use it. I mean, I think that's I think that's in any aspect of life that we all have to figure out how to do it, especially in the mental health world. When when we step into the realm of whether you're doing case management or therapy or whatever the case is, you always have the mindset of meet people where they are. Right. Where the fuck they at? Meet them where they are. Figure out what they're best at. Make sure that you have some sort of a solution oriented mindset that you're instilling in them. And you're also coming from a strength based approach. Right. It's the same thing at coaching. I know that you're not good at this, but you're great at this. So this is how we're going to utilize you. And like Belichick says, do your job. This is your job. Don't focus on anything else. Focus on this because this is your job and this is what's going to make you successful. I think a lot of coaches miss that because you come across athletes or this abundance of athletic people and you're like, oh, here's my expectation. Let's meet my expectation, which a lot of us do in our regular lives and conversations and relationships and and our goals and dreams and desires. We create an expectation of this situation has to meet what I want as opposed to understanding all these little different pieces. This is good for here. Let me put that there. This is good for this. Let me put that there. She is a good parallel to relationship because just thinking about like putting these expectations thinking that this specific thing will create, for instance, touchdowns, touchdowns being a parallel to happiness and relationship right. that this motherfucker has speed. He can jump up and catch what we do is throw bombs and not understanding that with this team, with this structure, if you made this person just, you know, a little short route person and maybe a bomb here, shit, they can do fucking some play action shit, just using them in different ways would still get you those touchdowns, but you're so laser focused on, I need big giant bomb plays when really you could probably nickel and dime this shit. You want your team to be this super passing team and maybe y'all are a running team and you're right. just not taking those aspects into account. And that's, that's partly what used to demoralize me. So me coming from the Mac conference, we were predominantly at the time, every school within the Mac conference was a pretty much a run team, mm-hmm. but you're putting in the guy that's a great pass rusher. Yes, he's getting tons of sacks, and that looks good, and it helped him get you know a shot at the league and all that other stuff for a couple years. But me, I stop runs. That's their strength. <laughs> I should be here. There's a reason why I keep earning the start, starting position. Why? Because I fit into what needs to be done. Now, not selfish because I don't really care. I still coached up whoever was going to be in front of me. I had moments where I was starting some games, moments where I, I didn't. But if I'm in a situation where my – 
my strength should be utilized. Why are you putting in somebody else that doesn't fit with that? Makes absolutely no sense. So said person, he'd get in there, love him to death, but he would blow tons of assignments and they'd overlook it because you got us some sacks or you got some big tackle for losses, which is great. And then we go to the grading out point and I would always be in the 80s and 90s percent because I did my job and he'd be somewhere in the 70s, but he's starting and I'd be like, oh, and then trying to get him to understand, bro, just do this. She's really trash to be with, but she's a bad bitch. Right. Um, You know, he's not really anything that really feeds me in any way, but he got the bag, he got money, and that's right. what's important. I, 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 this person can meet my expectation, even though my expectation isn't su- the best suited for this situation. No, nope. because it looks good, it feels better, it gives me my wants, feels good. but no, my doesn't. needs get missed because I'm not tapping in with understanding how to meet somebody where they are, communicate effectively with them. And actually get them to be vulnerable with me for the betterment of us as opposed to the fulfillment of me. I know that seemed like a lot of sports talk today, but see, we always always tie it in. It makes sense. It makes sense. You may not get all the football analogies, but this applies to everything in life. Understanding how to put things in the right position. Understanding how to... Make sure that you know your strengths and weaknesses, being able to be in the right culture that is actually going to foster a healthy, positive mindset and demeanor for you is going to lead to a better, successful situation. That's all I got, man. I thought we, you know, as you said that, that was good. We had a good show. Y'all had some good stuff. It's some stuff in there. You, you know, sort through it. Find you some good stuff. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. That's always Thank good. you guys for listening. Remember. Remember, 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 if you got a short memory, you got one day off from us, which is tomorrow. And then come Monday, Monday evening. You know, listen to us. Let it wash over you. And then come on back. Tell Jesus to smack you on the ass one time and send you right to Monday to deal with us. Or Buddha or Allah or Krishna, whoever it is that you believe in. Beyonce, Sandals, I don't care who you pray to as long as you come back on Monday. Please don't praise Beyonce like she's your deity. Do do not do that. Alright. Whatever. Don't don't don't. Just we'll see y'all Monday. <laughs> we'll see you Monday. Huh? <laughs> Take your burdens to the Beyonce altar. <laughs>